Hello, good people of the internet. Coming at you today with an episode. Are these episodes? Podcasts? The podcast about poll requests and my feelings about them. I have a lot of feelings about them because that's really what my day job is, is a part of my day job, um, is looking at pull requests. And yeah, um, and it is a stressful part of my day for the most part. Um, and I want to talk about why, and I want to talk about, but it doesn't matter why it's stressful. That's fine. The thing I want to talk about is what goes through my head when I look at a pull request, because it's not that often that I can just merge one. And I also kind of suck at closing them because partially I like, I don't want to make people mad and disappoint people because they put work into it. And that's like a fault of mine. I look at some other maintainers who are a little more ruthless in their closing of pull requests. And I think they're better off and I will probably head in that direction because what I do you know, I've said before, and I still feel this way, that there's really three options with open source. There's be ruthless, and there's be ruthless and make people upset. Then there's be really nice um, and give away all your work and time for free forever and attention and put a ton of work into everything. And then there's this place in the middle, and that's where I live, which is... um limbo or purgatory if you will where you take care of what you can take care of but the stuff that you can't take care of instead of ruthlessly closing you leave open for a long time and then people think that you're a crappy maintainer and eventually you return to them and then they build up like a pile of dirty dishes and then one day you just go through and you try to tackle everything and maybe you're a little bit more ruthless that day um and then it just builds up again and that's that's where i live and i'll you know I'll probably be more ruthless over time, whatever, but that's still not what this is even about. Back to back to the show, back to the story, what I think about when I look at a pull request. When I open a pull request, there's a lot of like, a lot of this isn't like intentional or um, conscious, it's subconscious, what goes through my brain when I pop one open. I look at the title, you know, and oftentimes a title doesn't tell me much. And it's not that the titles are bad. It's just like you can only say so much in a title. But it's nice when there's a clean, well-done, simple title. Um, but whatever. I, I open it anyway. And then I might like glance at the description. And in a perfect world, there's lots of code samples that aren't too big. And clearly demonstrate the problem. And then clearly demonstrate what code you'll be able to write once this pull request is merged. If it's that kind of pull request. If it's like a feature. But anyway, um, I glance at that, but really the first thing I, I really go to is the code. I go right to the code to just get a glimpse of what we're dealing with here. Because no matter what the description is, sometimes a huge description can have a few lines of code change. And I can just read the code and go, okay, I understand this completely. This is good to merge or okay, this is wrong and, and not merge. So I go right to the code. And in scanning this code, the first thing I'm looking for is how big is this? And I'm really just, it's kind of like an intimidation factor. It's all about intimidation for me. How scared am I to pull this into the code base? And what goes into that fear is things that might be a breaking change, things that might cause me maintenance headaches in the future, things that might um, make this a flaky or risky thing to merge right now, 
Um, and a lot of that is simply determined by this. It's really kind of two things, but it's mainly the size of the pull request is the biggest determinant of if it's going to get closed or open. The bigger the pull request is, the less likely it is to get merged and the less likely it is to get tended to right away. Um, so the smaller the pull request, the better. But I understand that sometimes you, you, if you're making a pull request, it needs, there needs to be a lot of code. Um, but this is kind of an obvious thing that a lot of people say, but I'll say it because people still violate it. And I understand the temptation. If you want to pull request something while you're working on a bit of code, you might decide to clean up a few other things while you're at it. Or if it's a big feature, you might decide to tackle a whole family of features that are related rather than break them out in a separate pull request because it seems like if there's dependent code, why would you put it in separate pull requests? But I will tell you that you can drastically increase your chances of getting merged and make my life a lot easier and nicer when you create multiple smaller isolated pull requests. It forces you to be more intentional about making atomic, well-written features and describing them. And it forces, uh, well, and it, it, yeah, it forces you to do that. And it, it makes my life easier by decreasing the scope and making it uh, less of a liability for me. So yeah, it's a lot about liability. The liability I feel like when I merge something, I'm saying, okay, I will now take care of this. You know, <laughs> I will now maintain this forever. There's no expectation for the most part, when somebody pull requests something, there's no expectation that they're going to maintain it ongoing because generally I don't even have a line of communication with that person. So if they, if they, if I merge it, that's a big part of this. When I hit merge, I am saying, okay, I will take care of this code. And to take care of it, I have to understand it. And to understand it, I have to not only just read it, but test it and make sure that it works and probably change it a little bit so that I feel like I own it. Because if I am going to own it, I need to own it. And that's just the way my brain works. It's like, if I understand a bit of code, I'm not that scared. But if I don't, I'm very scared. And to get to the point where I understand is a lot of work requires a lot of context switching and focus for me and there's a lot of things during my day that require context switching and focus so it's just kind of a huge burden and it's really unavoidable it's just kind of the cost of doing business maintaining a big project like Livewire Alpine so yeah so those are a lot of the things that go through my head um but yeah so I mean those are those are the biggins um also like some people in their description of the pull request instead of writing out like a big reason, they post um, links to discussions where people hash out the reason or declare the reason. And I'll say that I really don't like that. Um, I like referencing them. I like having them in the reference. But in my mind, a pull request description should be a thing unto itself. And forcing yourself to rewrite a description is extremely helpful. When I'm pull requesting to other projects, I force myself to do the same thing because when you write it out clearly and succinctly, it forces you to think through the feature better. And you often find that you make changes or something depending on, you know, because you had to sit there and like explain it very clearly to somebody who has a short attention span. When I'm submitting a pull request, I'm assuming that I, I guess because I understand the condition of the maintainer so well that I'm like hypersensitive or careful to like not waste their time and provide an explanation as clearly and succinctly as possible. So um, hopefully people do that. But a lot of times people just, just link descriptions and that's not great for me and that decreases your chances of getting a pull request merged. Um, test is another thing. I do say in the in the pull request description, like the, the stock boilerplate description thing, um, I do say like tests are not mandatory but ideal. And I should change that because they're basically mandatory. It's pretty rare that I merge something that doesn't have a test. If it's something that's like an S3 uh API fix, like I'm not going to 
require a test for that. That's really annoying to test. Um, there's a, other families of features that are basically too annoying to test. Some of them like transition stuff in Alpine. I get that. But we have a manual transition, um, sorry, a manual transition testing HTML file for that that I do expect to test for. Um, but you got to have a test. You got to have a test. And I'll look at that test. And generally when I'm scanning the code, if there's a bunch of code, I go down to the bottom where the tests are. And then I read through the tests and I see, okay, does this make sense? Do these tests cover it? Because that's the thing. If I'm going to merge a thing that I don't feel 100% about, if all the tests pass and I feel like the tests are good, I'll be much more likely to merge that thing. Especially if it's a bug fix and you don't have a test for the failing thing, I am. This is what I, I feel like I'm merging something that's useless because there's no guarantee that this will stay fixed. I'll have no way of knowing that I won't break it in the future because there's no test to test that you know that it basically. And I've heard people say some people have said, and this isn't the norm, but but definitely this has happened where people say, well, the tests pass. You know, why would I write a test? All the tests pass. And I think, you know, they clearly misunderstand tests. You need to write a test that fails before this pull request and passes after the pull request. That's the scoobly doobly dop. So yeah, um, that's what I feel about pull requests. It takes a lot of mental energy and the easier you can make it on me, the better. And I try to do the same for other projects. This is just kind of, you know, conversation on all pull requests in general. Um, but yeah, that's it. It's all about how big is this thing? How complex is it? And how, what's the mental, what's the ongoing maintenance cost for me? Um, and I'm probably going to be a little bit more ruthless in the future about closing them right now. I kind of suck at at that. And I do make the, the mistake of leaving them open because I don't have time to fully wrap my head around something. Um, because that's the thing, like I have to, I can't take your word for it. Almost always. I can't take the person's word for it, that they understand the entirety of of the system that they're manipulating um, because me and maybe Josh Hanley and maybe a few others, but really there's a select few people who really understand the entirety of the system to be able to know if this is something that's okay or not. But ultimately I, it's probably like still me even then. Um, and maybe that'll change in the future, but um, yeah, so whatever. Just wanted to talk about pull requests. Thanks for hanging out.